just me. A place to be me, where you get to experience life. Life is a journey, not a guided tour. If you want the rainbow, you have to go through the rain. Welcome back. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Just Me. And today we're going to continue our series discussing breast cancer and mental health concerns and mental health awareness as it relates to breast cancer. So last time we discussed about um, the grief and loss process as it relates to getting a breast cancer diagnosis or a terminal illness diagnosis in general. We also discussed the support systems, what that looks like, and the importance of collective support when going through a change or a life stressor. And then we also discussed the importance of self-care. Real fast, I just want to touch upon the fact that the grief and loss process is all too common when we have individuals who are going through life changes. We are mourning the loss of something that was and transitioning into something that will be, i.e. that journey. And so with that, there are several different emotions that come into play between sadness, between distress, between mourning, between um, anxiety, between resentment, between bargaining, between guilt. All of these different things are very normal and appropriate when we're going through a life change. Then adding on top of that, the physical components of this life change. So today we're going to talk to a very remarkable individual who is going to share her journey with breast cancer. Miss Vicky is a very remarkable woman. So she's going to discuss all of the ins and outs of her emotions that she experienced, the grief and loss process that she went through, the supports, the social supports the religious supports, the spiritual supports, and then also how she used her diagnosis as a means of not getting caught in the negative trap or the positive trap of self-thinking and creating that post-trauma growth. So without further ado, let's take it away. Well, today we have joining with us Miss Vicki Witt. Miss Vicki is a eight-year cancer survivor. And so right now, Ms. Vicki, why don't you tell our listening audience a little bit about your journey um, and how mental health, how your mental health was impacted? Well, hello, 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 everyone. And yes, she, like she said, my name is Vicki Witt, and I am happy to celebrate eight years of survivorship. Um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2014. In 2014, I had just lost my job that I was working with for six years, and I was laid off, and they told me I had 30 days to use my insurance. So I went to the doctor and figured I'm going to get my eyes checked, do my physical, do everything. And little did I know that I was going to be told that I was um, stage two with a very aggressive form of breast cancer. And it was called triple negative breast cancer. And with the breast cancer that I was diagnosed with, they told me it was very fluid in the African-American community. Um, the only treatment for it was um, chemotherapy. And then I would have to start right away. Um, when I got the call, I hung up the phone. I hung up the phone two times, three times, four times. I said, I don't have time for cancer. I even told the 
Breast Cancer Imaging Center that um, they had the wrong person. My name is Vicki Witt, and you probably have someone named Vicki White, W-H-I-T-E, and my name is W-H-I-T-E. So the first stage I went through was denial. I denied it. There was no way I could have breast cancer. I was healthy. I was only 125 pounds. I ran. I ate good. Didn't smoke weed. Didn't drink beer. Not a wine cooler. Didn't do any of those things. Breast cancer didn't run in my family. I was taking mammograms every other year, you know. And when I went to my GYN doctor, he was the one who found it. I was not one of those who was examining their breasts monthly. I was not one of those that, you know, was watching my body, but it was no way. I'm the middle sister. Nobody in my family had breast cancer. So I went through a denial stage in the very beginning. Um, and then um, two or three days of crying, um, I just said, okay, let's let's get started. What do I need to do? So my journey began. I did six months of chemo. I had five surgeries. I had two blood transfusions. Um, every day I went to the breast cancer center every Monday for chemo for six months, but I went with a positive attitude saying, okay, I got this. I went dressed up like I was going to the club. Some days I would say, um, I was going to a treatment, you know, like when you go to get your nails and, and feet done, I looked at it as I was going to a spa and I was getting my treatment. Uh, when he told me one of the drugs that I was going to be taking was called the Red Devil, I changed that name and said it was the blood of Jesus that I was given. So I always went in happy and singing. I went in with high heels and, and dressed up all the time, um, even though my sister had to... Um, wheel me out in a chair a couple of times and hold on to me after treatments. But I went in saying, okay, this is something that I'm going to go through. Then I talked to God and I told the God and I said, God, when you bring me through this, I'm going to be the biggest advocate in Greensboro, I'm, you know, originally from New York, but I live here in Greensboro, North Carolina. And I said, I'm going to be an advocate. I'm going to help others get through this. So that was my mindset. I went in knowing that I was going to get through this no matter how tough it was. And it was really tough. The treatments were tough. You know, I lost my hair. I lost teeth during the treatment. Currently, right now, I took so much chemo. They told me that I would lose my teeth as the years continue. So right now, uh, I'm only down to about six teeth. I'm in treatment right now, going to the dentist. So in a couple of weeks, I'll have some full teeth. Mm -hmm. I'll have um, a full dentures on the top and I'll have a partial on the bottom. Um, so I wanted to come on this video in real form because this is some of the things that chemo does to you. Um, my eyesight was got worse. You know, I lost my hair. My fingernails came off. I was, um, my toenails came off. I had to have surgery on my foot. I have rods in my toes um, because of the, the neuropathy, or hyphen, neuropathy that um, I had to go through. All those things. Um, I had to have a double mastectomy. I have reconstruction. And so um, those are some of the things that I had to go through to get through that journey. Also, when I was going through the journey, I um, 
met up with some wonderful people. I connected to people who looked like me. I went to support groups uh, where people who didn't look like me. I went to all types of events that were cancer. I ran the 5K race. I was a big advocate. I was on television. I did all these things so that I could stay focused and so that I would be able to help other people. So my journey um, wind up, the tumor shrank. Um, I had a tumor in my right breast and it dissolved. So I am, like I said, eight years cancer-free after um, battling cancer, I decided I was going to do all the things that I never did before. So I decided I was going to go to school. Doctors told me with all that chemo you took, you're, you know, it messes up your brain cells. You have this thing called chemo brain and it gets a little foggy sometimes. And he told me it wasn't a good idea that I go back to school, but I didn't think that was the case. So I enrolled in school at the age of 51 at USCG here in Greensboro, the University of Greensboro, North Carolina. And um, I had to do a lot. It took me five years to get a degree in communications. And um, during that time, I ran for homecoming queen. I was the first adult African-American and I won. And I won by telling my story. I got up and I sang and I danced and I rapped about cancer. I made cancer look good. I made cancer look um, in a different form than what you see it on TV. And um, and through that, I wound up winning. So I am the home. I was the homecoming queen for two thousand twenty. Um, and right now, what I do is I currently give back. I, I mentor newly diagnosed patients. I connect with the cancer center that I went through called um, Cone Cancer Center, and I'm one of the Alight mentor. So I mentor newly diagnosed patients that are going through. I talk with them. I sit with them. I go out and eat with them, whatever they need um, to let them know my journey and to help them go through their journey because the journey is tough. I went through it with no job, no money, no uh, resources, but I did have a family that supported me. I had to move in with my family. Um, my sister took care of me. And, um, and so there was a lot of things that I had to go through where insurance wouldn't pay for certain things. And I had to write letters to the governor and to, to the representative that some of the resources that I need. I found out that in my community, that more um, Caucasian women have breast cancer, but more African-American women um, die of breast cancer for lack of resources, for lack of support, for other reasons. So um, I connected with a group called Sisters Network Inc. that's made up of African-American survivors. And what we do is we go around and we um, have this motto, stop the silence. And we talk about awareness. We talk about prevention. We talk about our stories and what we've gone through to help others in our community so that they will um, be able to handle this. Um, I also found out when I was going through, they said one out of every eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer. That was 2014. And now the numbers has changed. So one out of six. So when you see a woman, you count one, two, three, four, five, six. Out of those six women, one of them may be diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm -hmm. That's how... Um, 
it's affecting our community right now. So my job is, you know, I have this Bible verse to whom much is given, much is required. I'm required to give back to help to pull another sister, you know, whether she's white, black, young or old, living in North Carolina, New York City, wherever she lives is to help her um, get through the journey and continue to fight, to continue to push through, you know, you know, whether you have breasts or no breasts, whether you have teeth or no hair, all those things can't be bought or replaced. Mm-hmm. And um, so my job is to do what I'm doing right now, tell my story to help inspire, to educate or um, renew someone, bring them some joy, some hope as we go through this breast cancer journey. So that's my story. Vicki, I am, I mean, I mean, we all are just, in all, um, one of your stories amazing. Of course, I know it's kind of uh, personal. So I, I know, I know the journey, and I know the uh, the strength and uh, the different sacrifices and the things that you had to go through. And to see you like today sharing a story, and most people don't handle it the way you do. You know, you you just bubble, and you you're so full of life, and you give us so much hope. And when we talk about the emotional uh, impact that um, I know in, in the beginning of the story, you shared that when you first got the diagnosis, those first two days, like you cried and um, and you was in denial. But then like something kicked in and throughout your story, you talk a lot about um, faith and God and um, to hear your strength and to know that you use one of your strengths to help you along the journey um, is amazing. So just again, if you can reiterate, like just some of the um, different type of emotions that you might've went through initially when you got the diagnosis, like what did, did you receive you as in person? Was you alone? Would it made a difference in any aspect? Oh, yes. Um, you're going to go through every emotion. And um, like I said, I went to I went for a regular routine visit to my GYN doctor and, you know, he felt it and he said, you know, how long you had this? I was like, had what? And then he kept putting his finger on it and he said, you know, right here. And he said, do you feel this? And I said, no. He said about four times. So finally, I just lied and said, yeah, I felt it, but I really didn't feel it. And he said, um, well, I want you to go and do a mammogram. And I said, well, I'm going to do a mammogram at the end of the month. I'm going to do one anyway um, because, you know, my insurance is running out at the end of the month. He said, no, I want you to go right away. So when I went, uh, my niece and I went and I was like, oh, let's go out to breakfast like I normally do. I go to the doctor early and then I go out to eat. And so when I got there, they did the mammogram and I had no clue, you know, because the doctor just said, we're just going to get it checked to make sure it's nothing. That was my GYN doctor. But I really think he kind of knew, but he had to make sure by sending me to the breast center. And then um, they said, can you stay a little bit longer? And they said they would like to do a biopsy. I didn't know what a biopsy was at the time. And I was like, is it going to hurt? And they said, I was like, well, I'm going to the beach at the end of the month. I got laid off. I'm taking my son to Disney. I got to wear a bikini. You know, don't leave no marks. And again, very naive, not knowing. Then they was like, could you stay a little bit longer? 
I was like, well, my niece is waiting for me supposed to go eat. And then um, they said we need to do an aspiration. And they went in and they took some fluid out. And then um, they said, okay, well, tomorrow we'll have some information back. So I guess they knew or that they didn't know. But um, I had no clue. And then I said, well, I won't... um, Come back tomorrow because you know I live all the way in Brown Summit. You could call me on the phone, and they said, um, "Okay, we'll call you." In my mind, they were just going to call me and say everything was okay. So I remember now looking back on previous mammograms. They always told me I never took the three D. I do recommend that three D mammogram. I would take a regular mammogram, and they would say that I had dense breasts. But that's all they would say that I had dense breasts. But they never said anything. So the tumor was hiding behind the density of my breast, I guess, all those years. And then it finally, you know, showed up later on when I took the 3D at that time. So uh, yes, like you said, I was in denial. I went through every emotion, like why me? Oh no. I cried. I, you know, I was sad. I was you know, a little depression kicked in. I mean, every emotion can imagine. Man, I tried to figure out, was it because I was on birth control? Was it because I had children at 30 and one at 40? Try to figure out every little avenue. What could it have been? You know, what was it? You know, was I taking in a second in a smoke from people when I went to the parties and stuff? You know, you go through everything trying to think of, you know, how, why, And, you know, and so, yes, you know, then you start thinking about your family. My son was 10. I had a son 20 and I have a grandbaby that's two. And, you know, so the emotions like I got to be around for my for my son to get out of high school. I got to be around for my grandbaby. I got to be around for some more grandchildren. You know, all these emotions went through your head. And of course, I don't have a job. Like, how am I going to pay for this stuff? But, you know, there's grants out there. There was someone donated. I had to take this shot called the Flesta. And someone donated money. That shot was like $3,000. I had to take that shot every week. And someone donated money for a single African-American woman who had no insurance and was diagnosed. And I fit all those categories. Mm. So immediately the you know, the hospital granted me that. They granted me things like that. So even though I was worried about those things in the beginning, then one advocate told me, she said, don't worry about it. Just worry about getting better. So I never worried about the bills. I kept, when bills came, I just put them in an envelope, put them in an envelope. And then finally, you know, Medicaid and Medicare came through. Disability took three years, three years, no income, no income. So like I said, I went through a lot, a lot of emotions, but now, like I said, as a mentor, I I can tell people, you know, this is what you do to get your disability to move faster. This is what you're going to do. This is how long it's going to take. I didn't have anybody to walk me through it. I had to figure it all out by myself. Oh, you don't have to do this. You can get a second opinion. You can go here. If you don't like what the doctors, how the doctors are treating you, you could do this. I was blessed with a wonderful team of doctors. So they, whatever they told me to do, I did it. I mean, I was a little hard-headed sometimes. I was supposed to stay and I would rest and do things and I was all over the place. Um, and, 
you had to yell at me a lot to <laughs> keep me um, from being sick and, and having to take blood transfusions. But um, yes, yeah, so emotions, every emotion you can imagine. And then joy does come after, you know, when you get that time and you can go and ring the bell on your chemo sessions over the joy of, oh my God, I beat this. There's no more cancer in my body. You know, you're overwhelmed with that. Yeah, I have side effects, but you know, the side effects is nothing compared to what I just went through for six months. Um, when they told me I didn't have to take radiation or I didn't have to take another chemo pill, where some some treatments, you might be on a pill for five years or 10 years, and I didn't have to do that. So every time, you know, any news that you get for your diagnosis is then the joy comes and the smiles and the, and the laughter. Then you're like, you know, I did this. I got this. I beat this, you know. And then you you know that you're a true conqueror. You know, if I can conquer cancer, I can go back to school, you know. And now and after eight years, I'm working. I didn't work for eight years because of the memory loss, the, the fogginess or able to keep up. I just got a job in July. Here it is, 2022 from 2014. I'm working a full-time job. Matter of fact, I'm working two jobs. I work a part-time job at the Tango Singer because I love the arts. I'm an usher there. And I have used that as my energy, walking up and down, seating people. And then during the day, I'm a, a lender for um, Truist Bank. I work um, from a call center at home where I, I'm able to keep up and, and punch in numbers and do all the things that I couldn't do at one time. So... Yes, God is amazing. And, you know, I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy to share my story because I know for every person that diagnosed that they're going to go through every emotions. They're going to go through everything. And there's somebody out there that they can talk to, that can just, whether it's through Facebook, it's through the phone, video. You know, I think I'm going to write a book, maybe a movie, I don't know, something. <laughs> Yeah, we already know that it's a book in, your, book in you, so we're waiting for that to come out. But in your story, I mean, everybody's story is um, unique. It's, 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 a, it's a one-of-a-kind story. So even within your story, like you just shared, like that uh, uh, roller coaster of emotions and stuff that you go through, um, you mentioned that you it was times where you went through the hair loss, the, the teeth, the nails, and every experience was a whole new set of emotions that you had to um, manage uh, yourself through. Um, you also mentioned a lot about resources within your story, the different things out there. You said the Sisters Network, and we will be um, doing an interview with Sister Network on an upcoming episode for this month. So and the different um, agencies that's out there. You see Elite Foundation. The Elite Foundation. That is a lot of information out there. And again, we're going to post this month um, on our page, the different uh, resources and stuff. It'll be all within our page, especially our last episode, that last Tuesday of the month is our resource episode. So we'll be um, talking with... Um, some agencies, and I know we have um, the Sisters Network. We'll be talking. I believe her name is Miss Nora Jones. That right, that's the president. And also one that I'm going to tonight. It's called Treasure Chest, and it's just a group of women. We get together uh, once a month. Well, 
before COVID that we had to take a break where well, we now get back together. And right now we currently, I started when I was in treatment mm-hmm. and we go out once a month and we pick a restaurant. We have met at over 110 restaurants. I lost count. I lost after 110. I couldn't keep up. But we just sit down and we eat and we laugh. We have wine or dinner. You can have dessert and we get together. And sometimes we don't even talk about cancer. We Sometimes we don't wear pink, or but tonight we're all going to wear pink and we exchange gifts. But we just get together as a bunch of women that have survived it from somebody diagnosed two weeks to two years. We have a person in our group, 12 years, survivor, 20, 22. Some of them who have cancer has come back two and three times. And it's just a, a time that we get together and mm-hmm. just seeing each other, you know, blossom. And sometimes we cry, sometimes we laugh, but all we do is eat, really. I mean, <laughs> it's just eat. so much. So you, you talk about the support. <laughs> you talk about the, the support group. What what did your support system look like um, during your journey um, in the beginning on initial diagnosis? Or what what do you think the benefit of having a support system? Or was it beneficial to you? And oh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have made it I wouldn't have made it without a support group. Uh, Number one, my church I had a very supportive church. You know, people praying for me, you know, people sending things to me. My son, I couldn't go on that trip that I wanted to go to on Disney with my church. I usually do. And but the deacon stepped up. They took my son and he was able to have a great time a week while I was going through chemo. He didn't miss out on anything. Um, All types of um, support like that. Family support, like I said, moving in with you and and being there with my family. I never had to go to treatments by myself. You know, days that I didn't, couldn't cook, somebody was there to cook for me. You know, someone was there to cater to me, to help me walk to the bathroom on the days I couldn't, when I was crawling to the bathroom and urinating on myself, you know, so that was good. You know, having a church support, a family support, then talking to people that went through it, talking to people that going through it. You know, I just looked in a book and found a girl and said, I saw her, she said, I, I got cancer. I don't know what to do. Well, tell me all about this. She went with me. I, people I worked that I worked with, I knew that they had cancer. I just kept reaching out, reaching out. I went online. I went on Facebook. I went and just I, everything that I can grab and touch a hold to, I pulled that. So that was very supportive for me. I would have never made it because I knew no one who had cancer. You know, my fiance, he knew no one to talk to. You know, when people ask him how I was doing, he would just say, she's okay. She's good. And he would smile. But I found out later that that was his way of dealing with it because he didn't want to talk about it because they might ask more questions. So he just would always, if they asked that I need anything, he would say, no, she don't need anything. She's good. We're good. We're good. You know? And, um, but that was his way of dealing with it. When I started to lose people that I got connected to during my journey, I would go into a, a deep, you know, depression. And it, I found out later on, it was called survivor remorse, mm-hmm. where I would cry and I would say like, God, you know, why did you let them go? She's 23 years old. I'm 50. 
and you let me stay here and she's gone. And um, and then another lady mentored to me and told me that I had a purpose. You know, you were here for a reason and, and your time is not finished. So that's why you're here. And for me not to go into that deep sadness, but rejoice and continue to fight for the ones that have gone on and that I was, I was here to continue. So that helped me, you know, at the time I didn't know what it was, but every time that I was connected to someone that died of breast cancer, I was like, oh my goodness. And I, I, I was in this depression. I found out later for a day or two and then I had to get out that bunk. But now I'm able to deal with it a little differently. And now I'm able to help others. That was that was my, my question. So now you mentioned that, um, that you serve as a mentor. So what does um what does that look like mentoring now? Because you, you've taken a different seat to mentor someone now. I just found out today my diagnosis that I have tripled I have cancer they tell me I have triple negative and I reach out to you um the state that I'm in when I call you can you share an experience um and how you had to handle that um yes um I'm just currently finished um mentoring a, a young lady and the same thing and when she called me I got her number actually got her number from a friend and she called me and said, listen, I don't know nothing about cancer, but I have a friend who's going through cancer. I need you to call her. I don't know what to say. And um, I called her. And I told her my name. I told her my story first. And I asked her, did she want to share? And I asked her, what was she feeling? And she told me every emotion she was feeling. And I told her, you have every right to feel those things. And I listened. And I talked to her and I prayed with her and I cried with her. Whatever she needed me to do with her, I did it with her. I told her I was going to be there for her throughout the whole journey. So things that I prepared her for, she was ready when she went in for her treatment. And she would always say, man, you tell me more than what the doctors tell me. I'm glad you told me this, that this was going to happen before I went this was going to happen or this is what I was going to feel like or whatever. And so, um, so to watch her go through her journey and to be there with her. And now she has just accepted the assignment. She finished her treatment, finished her radiation. And now she is becoming a mentor for the Alive. She just went through and got certified to, to do it for the Alive. So, so much joy has come to me, watching her from where she went. So my mentor watched me and then I passed the torch on to her. And now she's going to continue to move forward. And, but together, you know, we, we can continue to, you know, help others that come our way. So that when they match me up, they try to match me up with someone that looks like me, someone who had children, someone, and maybe not even have the same diagnosis, because there's so many different forms of breast cancer. I didn't even know that. I thought it was just one breast cancer. Even though theirs may be a little different than mine, I can um, still assist. So it's just um, a blessing to be able to do that and then to watch them grow from the stage, you know, to each stage. They may not go through denial. They may go through a different stage first. 
They may go through that angry stage or that depression stage in the beginning. But whatever stage they're going through, I already went through that stage. So I'm easy. it's easy for me to deal with them. I'm like, wow, that is so, that is that is good. I have to get um, try to reach out to the light mentor um, program and have them as part of our resource and see if we can do an interview on them as well. Get some more information, but def- oh, definitely, definitely, we will provide the um, the contact information for that group. And I I'm, I know, like you mentioned, you're here in um, North Carolina, but um, in statewide, I'm sure there are. Um, resources that kind of mirror what we have here if they, they probably have even more but um you can find some within your community that um support the same type of things that we have here um yeah. if not, and maybe like you said you, you might be the one that can establish that type of resource and um do the research to get funding to be able to bring it to within your community to help um women and, and men that go through this journey to help provide. It's, it's one um, area is called post-traumatic growth. It's the increased personal growth, growth and positive change that a person gains while going through a stressful experience. People also describe it as um, gaining a greater appreciation for life. And some people have reported the following outcomes, like a greater um, improvement in relationship, new possibilities, personal strength, or spiritual changes. I know we even featured your um your homecoming event. Um, the video is is on the on the page. You can also find it on YouTube. That and we're going to also put your um the event that you did when you got to vote you in. What do you call the night we performed and they had to uh, vote you for the homecoming? That performance that you that you shared your story, and so we'll also have um, additional um, information um, in reference to your story on there. But um, it's just amazing. So when you talk about um, the post traumatic growth, like in any of those areas, what are what are some of those growths? Well, you kind of shared it, but the job, two jobs, three jobs. Wow. Wow. Yes. Like I said, things that I've never would have done. I would have never went to college. College was not, you know, on my agenda. But, um, you know, once I decided I'm going to do all the things I never did, I travel, you know, I've been to Costa Rica, you know, I, I bungee jump, I parasail, you know, I just, you know, do things that before. You know, maybe I would have had a little fear of doing um, things that would normally make me upset or make me cry. Now, you know, like that's light stuff. That's light stuff. Like yesterday when I went to the dentist for my treatment, the lady said, I'm going to have to give you six needles on the bottom and about three on the top. I was like, okay, you know, okay. You know, prior to cancer, I probably would have been like, ah. You know, now like that's light stuff compared to chemo, you know. So, um, yeah, anything that you haven't accomplished or want to accomplish, now you have a different outlook on it. You know, when your children act up, you know, like that's okay. Where before you'd be so worried because, you know, after being at a in a treatment center where you sit in there for hours and this 
and these drugs are going through your body and you're sitting and you're watching others, watching people um, that you see this week and then next week they're 10 pounds smaller than what they were or throwing up beside you, you know, some are here today and then gone tomorrow. So you're appreciation of life is just totally different. You know, your outlook is different. You know, you, like you said, you dance, like nobody's watching. You don't care. You know, I'll dance on top of a table if I go somewhere. I don't care. You know, I'm, I'm here to have a good time. I'm here to enjoy myself because, you know, I got a second chance of life. You know, I even went back to my job and thanked my job for letting me go because if they would have never let me go, I wouldn't have went to the doctor. I only went because my insurance was ran out. I would have went, but I probably would have went later. But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I thank my GYN doctor, you know, for, you know, examining me fully. You know, he could have just, you know, said, "Uh," you know, but he was like, I want to get this checked out. I want to make sure it's nothing. I want you to do a mammogram and an ultrasound. I was like, okay, you know, so you're more thankful. You're thankful for every little thing, the big things, the small things, you know. So your family, family means is a lot. Your faith, you know, you know, fasting and praying. Now, when you see God do amazing things like cure cancer, like any other thing that goes on, like if he can do that, you know, he can do this. You know, he can do that. So, um, yes, it does change your life. It, it does change. Yes, it's horrible. It's the worst thing that ever happened. But I just look at it that I was the chosen one. I always say, you know, I'm the chosen one. You know, when people would cry, when they would see me bald and skinny and they would start crying, I'm like, why are you crying? It's because, you know, I would say, you know what? That's why God gave it to me and not you, because you would be crying all the time. And I'm not crying. When you see me cry, then you cry. You know, that was my answer. You know, I hugged them and, and then we laugh. And, and that was the end of the crying, like. Boy, don't cry for me. I'm not crying. You know, so. your your story is amazing. You amazing. You look beautiful and all in all your pink. And I know we we got to do um pink in the park a few days ago. Um, all of that is on the is on our page. Some of the um the beautiful women and just the stories. And again, too, we're going to be sharing um those stories throughout the month um here on Just Me. But um, Miss Vicky. Thank you so much. I want your transparent, sharing your story. But here we like to live, leave like little nuggets, little gems for our listeners. If you could tell um, that 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 newly diagnosed person uh, that that's, that gives you that call, what 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 words would you want uh, them to hear? Like, I'm calling someone today, and this is what I need them to say or hear. Cancer is tough, but God is tougher. You have what it takes. You don't know how strong you really are. You're stronger than you think. And every ounce that you have, you're going to pull it out at this time and you're going to use it. You're going to use it through the good, the bad, and the ugly. And you're going to get, you're going to make it. You're going to get through this. You're going to get through this. You will conquer this. Just remember, you got this. God got this. 
and you're stronger than you think you are. All right. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, man. Again, we, we're going to be having a lot of that information um, on our upcoming shows in reference to the different resources. Um, we're going to be speaking with caregivers because uh, you mentioned, too, about your fiancé that he had his own set of emotions that he was dealing with. Yeah. You know? Or like his, you talked denial was your first, um, the the first feeling or like I was straight denial was that the same experience that he had so it's going to be um some good dialogue that we have just to see the different um to hear the different sounds or experience from the different from a person that is currently going through or, or a survivor um uh, in contrast to a caregiver in the same aspect because it's it's a whole it's a whole nother different of uh, Oh, oh yes, <laughs> but, um, I don't know if they're gonna think good things about me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but thank you so much for allowing me to share today. I, you know, I know it will inspire, educate, empower, and bless someone along the way. Again, to to whom much is given, much is required, and I just thank God for the opportunity to share and to, and, and my prayer is that someone will see this and use it to um, help another person going through it. You said iron sharpens iron. That's right. In unity, there's strength. In strength, there is power. In power, there's change. Thank you so much for listening to Just Me Podcast. If you are seeking further one-on-one consultations, worksheets, and action steps from the ladies at Just Me Podcast, please review the monthly subscription packages starting at $9.99 at www.patreon.com backslash Just Me Podcast and the number one. If you are seeking further one-on-one diagnoses, interventions, and treatment plans, please consider scheduling an appointment with an individual counselor at Journeys Counseling Center. Journeys can be reached at 336-294-1349. The mission of Just Me Podcast is to use authentic conversations to uplift one's mind, body, and soul. The goal of Just Me Podcast is to offer affordable education and insight to individuals who experience financial barriers to accessing individualized behavioral health support. With that being said, the information, including opinions, advice, and recommendations discussed in this podcast, is intended for informational and educational purposes only. Such information is not intended to substitute the recommendations of your own licensed therapist or healthcare provider. Although we are licensed behavioral health professionals, we are not your licensed behavioral health professional. As a result, the advice mentioned on this podcast should not replace the recommendations offered by your own qualified health professional.